0: ...media ministry of Cornerstone Church. You can listen to this and other messages on our website at www.cornerstone.org, or by subscribing to our podcast. Uh, so I don't know if... I'll go to this real quick and then we'll get right to the scripture. But music. I'm, I'm not musically inclined. I don't sing. I make a loud noise. Um, but I like music. And the bad part is... Music stained me before I knew Christ because I didn't know any difference. Um, And and just, I challenge y'all, I challenge the youth to this all the time, but take your favorite song, um, just print out the lyrics, and just look at what the words say, right? Just read the words. No music, no drop, no beat, no bass, no nothing. Just look at the lyrics and read them. Um, just a couple from the songs we just looked at. I searched the world, but I couldn't fill me. But it couldn't fill me. Man's empty praise and treasures that fade away are never enough. Oh, there's nothing better than you, right? Nothing. UGA won last night. Great, but you know what? It's not better than God, right? It's not. Your your money. Your, your, you name it. It's not. Um, And it also promises, right? Great is your faithfulness to me. Through the storms, though the storms may come and the winds may blow, I'll remain steadfast. And let my heart, and let my heart learn. When you speak a word, it will come to pass. Right? Do we take, do we take what we're putting into our brains and our heart, do we take it for what it is? And really look at the words and try to understand it. So last week, Pastor Bobby finished up, um Mark 12, and today he left me with an awesome part, Mark 13, Um and him and I were joking about it, just, he was like, Jeff, I'm sorry, but this is where it, it kind of ends up, but we're going through the Mark, and, and this is where we are. So this is what we got today, Mark 13, 1 through 13. Um, and, and Bobby finished up last week about the ultimate fact checker that we have in Jesus, and, and, it, and it goes right into um, Mark 13, and, and we're going to talk about false, false prophets, persecution, end times, uh, the, the big word is eschatology, uh, no not escargot, eschatology, right, the, the study of end times, um, it's also called the, the little apocalypse, and then the Ovalet Discourse, right, for the Mount of Olives, um, and, and the cool part about this is, is, is when you're studying, whether you're studying to teach kids church, right? Plug for kids church. If you're studying for kids church or, or, or you're studying to lead a, a, a Bible study, the women's study or whatever, you, you get to, to look at some stuff that maybe you overlook. And I'm super thankful, um, that my bride, that she loves the Bible a lot. And, uh, so her and I've been able to talk about this for the past couple of weeks about what what I should say, what I shouldn't say, and, and and some of those things, and and just getting wisdom from her is so cool. So, men um, or women, if you don't listen to your spouse, listen to your spouse. Um, so, if you got your Bible, let's open up to Mark thirteen, Mark thirteen one through thirteen. Um, we're going to go ahead and and read the whole thing. Um, and I left my cheaters out there, um, so I'll just read off this paper. Um, <laughs> um, so Mark thirteen one through 13. And, and as he came out of the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see those great buildings? There will be none left. Ah, there will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Three. And he said, And as he sat on the Mount of Olives... Opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, when will we see these things be, when will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? Five. And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. May you come in my name, say, many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. Seven. And when, the hear, and when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For the nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of birth pains. Nine. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils and you will be beaten in synagogues. And you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. 10. And the gospel must be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say. But say whatever is given you in that hour. For you are, for it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death and father his child and children will rise against parents to have them put to death. 13. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. I Father, Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for the truth. Lord, we thank you for the roadmap that you give us. Lord, let us take these verses. Lord, let them... Just etch into our heart of what we are to do and what we are to be ready for. Uh, Lord, help us be ready. Uh, Lord, let us stand firm on the rock, the cornerstone that you are. Uh, Lord, just, uh Lord, thank you. That's all we can say this morning is thank you. We love you and we praise you. All God's people said, amen. So if we look at verse 1, they were leaving the temple. They... as. As he came out of the temple, one of the disciples said to him, Look, teacher, that wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. So they were leaving the temple for the last time. And uh, it was an archaeological marvel of that time. Um, King Herod commissioned the temple to be built in 20 B.C. Uh, it was completely finished around 63, 64 A.D. Um, depending on where you look and, and what, it's some say five football fields long. Right, it encompassed about twelve football fields. The whole uh, temple. Some blocks were bigger than a semi-truck trailer. So, so we, when we think of blocks, right, we have building blocks like this, like a little brick. We have some center blocks like this. But imagine the block that these that he was telling that will not be stacked on top of each other. They were as large as a semi-trailer. one, how did they stack them? But two, how did I mean, just the marvel of that, and that's what they were talking about. And and the whole building was underlaid with gold. Um, And so they were just amazed at the structure. Um, And two says, And Jesus said to him, Do you see the great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Um, No matter how beautiful, how big... The temple's buildings are, they can be destroyed, right? And, and Jesus or, or, or the gospel cannot, right? And that's the message he was trying to get to them. Hey, it's great. This building will be here for a short time. I mean, it was there for a long time, 500 plus years, um, but it was destroyed. So 40 years after Jesus spoke this, um, in 70 AD, it was destroyed, um, and, and they 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 saw the marvel of it, they saw the gold inside, they set it on fire, the gold melted amongst all the blocks, um, and so they wanted the gold, so that's they started destroying the temple to get the gold out. Don't put your faith and trust in buildings or other things but God alone, right? So don't put your faith in anything but God alone. Uh Jesus was trying to get his disciples to understand what is to come right some of the disciples would live to see the destruction of this building and in daniel in daniel 9:26 it says this and after the 62 weeks an anointed one shall be cut off and shall have nothing and the people of the people of the prince who is to come shall destroy the city and the sanctuary in it its end shall come with a flood to the end there shall be war desolations are decreed and so once again it was talked about this temple was going to be destroyed. It was going to not last forever. And that's where God's trying to get the disciples to understand that no matter how big, how marvelous it looks, it's not going to withstand the test of time. Uh, verse 3. And he sat down on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple. Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately. Now um so he was speaking just to four of the disciples. Three of them were the inner circle. Um, and it's pretty neat that Andrew was the first chosen, but he wasn't really the inner circle, but he was allowed into this private meeting. Um, and the disciples associated the destruction and, to, and the final coming to the end of the world. But that's not what Jesus was trying to get them to understand. It wasn't that the destruction of the temple meant end times. Um, it wasn't the day of judgment. Matthew 24, 3 Matthew 24, 3 says this. um, As he sat on the Mount of Olives, disciples came to him privately saying, Tell us, when will these things be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? So once again, they truly thought that this was going to be the end times. that the the, It was over when the temple was destroyed, what he was talking about. Um, In verse 4, Tell us, When will these things be? And what will be the sign when all of these things are about to be accomplished, right? And so the disciples wanted the inside scoop, just like we do, right? We want the inside scoop, uh, whether it's on uh, stocks, whether it's right now on a house that's going to go on the market, right? We want the inside scoop. uh, What's going to happen? They wanted to know the when's and the what's. Um, and, and but once again, God wanted to give them what they needed um, and like I said in, in from verse three, once again, they thought the destruction of the temple meant the end of the world um, because that 's all they could see. they could only see right in front of them of what they thought was coming um, and five and Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray um, and Jesus doesn't give the disciples. What are the answers that they wanted? Instead, like a teacher, like a loving father, he gave them the answers they needed. He was telling them that the deceivers, false prophets, they'll increase during this time. And, and to be ready and have a firm foundation. Um, Jeremiah 23, 32 um, tells us, Behold, I am against those who prophesize lying dreams, declares the Lord and and who tell them and lead my people astray by their lies and their reck- recklessness when i did not send them or charge them so they do not profit th- ah so they do not profit this people at all declares the lord and and that's what jesus is trying to tell them right here once again we've talked about it old testament we talk about it new testament jesus began to say to them see that no one leads you astray Um, The Bible is the truth. It is enough. The Bible is the truth. It's enough. It doesn't need to be added to or have stuff taken away. And that's where the false prophets come in, because once again, they know it and then they start changing it a little bit for their purpose. Um, Jesus challenged them to stand firm. Uh, They walked with him during his ministry days and he wanted them to stay firm to that. Um, And so my question right there to you is, what about you? Are you standing firm for the gospel, right? Are you standing firm? And in verse 6 we go, and he says, Many will come in my name, saying, I am he. And they will lead many astray. Um, False claims in my name, right? You see it all over where they're saying, hey, I'm the Messiah. Emotions, pride, fame, success make these false prophets dangerous. Um, they, they get in there, they, they, they start to know the word, um, and then they start to get fame, and, and it changes things. It changes what the outcome is. And this is the scary part of all this. The greatest threat for false prophets will come not from outside, but it'll come from inside the church, right? And, and we have to be very careful of what we're looking at and what we're listening to, um, because we need to do our homework. Right? We need to, we need to study. We need to make sure it's the truth. If I or Pastor Bobby says it, that doesn't make it truth. This makes it truth. Right? This makes it truth. And we gotta be able to, to have discernment. We gotta be able to look at that and see what it says because we will get fooled. And and the Bible talks a lot about that. Verse 7. And when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place. But the end is not yet. Um, Obviously, God's not surprised by any of this. He's not surprised by the wars. He's not surprised that they're coming. Um, The wars did not mean that it was the end of the time or the second coming um, was about to happen. Some research that I I did, it, it says that from maybe 3600 B.C., there's only been about 292 peaceful years across the globe. Right? Two hundred and ninety-two years of total peace throughout the world. That's just mind-boggling to even think. It's so big that we can't even wrap our heads around there. And it, it, it was like over fourteen thousand five hundred wars have been fought in that time, right? And, and so, and, and killed almost four billion people in these wars. So when, when when we look at scripture and it says, "When you hear of wars or rumors of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not here yet." Two hundred and ninety two years of peaceful reign in, in the world is just crazy, right and, and but all we can think about in our short time, our blip on the on the timeline is America's been in wars pretty much our whole life right and, and it 's scary to think about those ideas um, for eight na- says for nations will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, there'll be earthquakes in various places, there'll be famines. But these are the beginning of the birth pains, right? Um, Wars and natural disasters are just the beginning of the birthing pains. And we talk about labor, birthing labor. Uh, No one knows how long long labor will be. I'm sure um, just like in verse 4 above when it says, uh, tell us when these things will be and and what will be the sign. Uh, I'm sure every mom in here, would love to know how long labor is going to be, right? I'm sure, you know, you'd rather just go there and they go, okay, it's going to be 2.3 hours, right? Or it's going to be 27 hours. Nobody wants to hear that, but I'm sure a mom, a mother, and even the dads, right? We, we, we would want to know as well. But uh, obviously here he's saying, hey, these are just the beginning of the birthing pains. And it's rough. Just like when you're in labor, it's rough. And 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 those are the things that are happening. Um, And now we get to some of the meaty part, to some of the part where none of us like to talk about. That stuff up there is okay, but down here is where kind of the rubber meets the road. Be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to the councils, and you will be beaten in the synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. No one likes this, but... Persecution is an opportunity for the gospel to be shared. Right? Think about that. No one wants to be persecuted, but it is an opportunity for the gospel to be shared. Here here it tells us to bear witness before them. Be a witness for Jesus. Right? Be a witness for Jesus. What kind of witness for Jesus are you? What kind of witness for Jesus is your life? Those are the things that we got to think about. Sharing the gospel is more important than your safety or security. Did you hear that? Sharing the gospel is more important than your safety or security. Right? I I ask a lot of, when we're out doing ministry, I ask a lot of individuals um, these two questions. When was the last time you shared the gospel? And then when was the last time somebody shared the gospel with you? Right. And most of us can't think of any time in the past year, two years, three years of when when we've done that or when someone's done that to us. Um, And and that's the scary part. And this is what it's talking about. Um, Judas would betray Jesus in the next 24 hours when he when he's talking to his disciples in the next 24 hours. Judas betrays him. Right. All of the disciples experience persecution and death. Simon, surnamed Peter, crucified upside down. James the Great, beheaded. He was the son of Zebedee and brother of of John. John, thrown into boiling water, but he survived. I don't even want to think about it. Right? I don't even want to think about it. Uh, Andrew, crucified upside down on an X-shaped cross. Philip, crucified. Bartholomew, skinned alive and beheaded. Matthew, burned to death. Thomas, impaled with a spear. James the Lesser, stoned and clubbed to death. Simon the Canaanite. Sauled or axed to death. Jude. Sauled and axed to death. Judas, I, I, uh, Judas. Suicide, death by hanging. Right? All that sounds pleasant, right? I mean, come on. I mean, don't we all want that? And this is what he's talking about. And, 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 and why? Why? For my name's sake. Think about that. Let that soak in for a minute. Why? For my name's sake, on account of me. So my question for you, are you ready? Right? Are you ready? Um, It's time to turn off the TV. It's time to turn off social media. Open up your Bibles and seek His wisdom. Not the talking heads that are out there. Not the chaos. It's time to seek His wisdom. It's time to put our nose into this. And dive deep into that. Um, verse 10. Maybe. Verse 10. And the gospel must be proclaimed to all nations. And the gospel must be proclaimed to all nations. Persecution does not relieve you of your duty to share the gospel. Right? Persecution doesn't relieve you of your duty to share the gospel. It doesn't. Um, Are you a witness for the gospel? Um, We don't have it here in America because we don't see this kind of persecution uh, for the gospel to be shared. But the underground church, they're searching for Jesus at whatever cost, right? Right? They're searching for Jesus at whatever cost. If we sent out an email this morning saying that the AC was broke and we praised all the cushion chairs with metal chairs, would you come? Right? The underground church is meeting at 2, 3 in the morning in complete darkness because they want the gospel shared. Right? We like comfort. Um, Discipleship. Are you discipling? Are you being discipled? Right. That's how we get the gospel shared to all the nations. Are you being discipled? Are you discipling somebody? Um, Verse 11. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand. I mean, look, you know, there's some nice deaths right there. In um, persecution, so don't be anxious about that, um, about what you're to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. We all are equipped. We all are equipped. Once we put our trust in Jesus, and the Holy Spirit enters us. Do you hear me? We all are equipped. Not just Pastor Bobby, not me, right? It, you know, not the missionaries. We all are equipped. Um, if you are in Christ, walking in the Spirit, He will provide the words you need to say and when to say them. Because it clearly says, hey, don't think of this long script that you're going to tell the king when you get up there in front of him, because those are your words, right? Let the Holy Spirit speak for you. But to do that, you have to be in the Word. To do that, you have to dive into Him. To do that, He has to be Lord of your life. To do that, you have to die to yourself. And for like me, it's every minute you got to die to yourself because there's a thousand different things going on that will distract you. And distraction is easy. Um, Verse 12. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child, and children will rise against parents and have them put to death. Persecution will tear families apart. Here in the USA, it's not so drastic, right? We just won't talk about Jesus or religion at Thanksgiving dinner, right? We don't want to mess up the giblet, right? So we'd just rather sit there and be quiet and talk about sports, right? We don't even talk about politics because that'll go sideways, right? But we definitely won't talk about Jesus because it'll mess up the mashed potatoes and gravy. Um, other countries, you could lose your life for putting your trust in Jesus as your Savior. Um, Take Afghanistan right now, right? Once again, it's a hot topic. Um, Underground church there is blowing up. It's booming because they can't worship on the top side right now. Um, But could you imagine changing your life and then trying to figure out if your head's going to be put on a table for you to be killed. Right? For me personally, um, my family, they, they, they don't understand what Sherry and I do. Um, and I remember when we moved up here and did some things and, and we would talked to my family and they'd say, You're different. I'm like, Yeah, I'm different. I'm still your brother. I'm still your son. But I'm different because Jesus changed my life. I don't say some of the things I used to say. I don't partake in adult beverages. I don't do some of those things. And, and, and it's tough. It's tough when your loved ones, there's a rub there because we want to be loved by our loved ones. And like I said, in the USA, it's not so drastic. Um, other countries, I mean, it's crazy. Are you a witness to family members or do you stay silent to prevent, to prevent fights and unrest in the family? Obviously, the hardest people to witness to is your family. Because they know your dirt. They know what you've done. They know where you've been. It's hard. But that's what we're called to do, and the Scripture tells us, um, and in verse 13, And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Um, it's ongoing, it's like a marathon, right? It's ongoing, it's like a marathon. It's easy to give up if we're trying to do it all on our own power. Um, I like to run in the mornings and and because drivers are crazy. I I just try to stay in our neighborhood so I don't get ran over, right? Um, But I know in the neighborhood at what point I'm at certain mile marker because I run the neighborhood all the time. So mentally, my mind, if if it's, I feel it's not going well, my mind says shut down, right? And I have to fight over that to sit there and say, no, you're going to finish the loop. But because, once again, it's so easy just to sit there and see the finish line right there to shut it down and, and not worry about it. Um, enduring hardships, no one likes or enjoys this, right? And you'll be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But this is, You need to hear this. This is important. Simply enduring to the end doesn't mean you are saved. Right? I was talking to some buddies about this and he said, well, verse 13, it's, it's good. You're right, it is good. But just making it to the end does not mean that you have eternity in heaven. That's the difference. It's not about works. Um James 1:2. Uh, not James 1, two. James 1:12 says this. Blessed is the man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life, which God has promised to those who love him. Will you make it to the end? Right? Will your life be a testimony about Jesus? Now, I say this often as well when we're, when we're looking at this. And though you'll be hated by all for my name's sake, but the one who endures will, to the end will be saved. People don't understand sometimes how we have trials in our lives, and we continue to stay positive. Uh, when when Sherry had cancer, and and we would sit there, and and she'd have chemo, and she lost her hair, and she would struggle to keep food down, and all this other stuff. they will say, you know, how are y'all making it through it? And and we look at this, right? He's paid it all for us, right? What other option do we have to sit there and say, hey, look, Lord, it's yours. She's yours. Obviously, I want to spend the rest of her time here. I want it to last a lot longer. But, hey, she's yours, and and we're going to do this together. Um, But you're the only Bible some people see, Right? You're the only Bible some people see. And when, when it talks about, hey, at work, it, do your do the people you work with know you're a Christ follower? If not, shame on you. Because this verse right here comes into play. Because when they're having family struggles, when they're having financial struggles, when they don't understand, you should be known to be different. They should be able to come to you. because, But the one who endures to the end will be saved. Your life is different. We're called to be different. We're called to be holy and set apart. So the takeaways that we have from this, from this little apocalypse to this false prophets, persecution, end times, these are the takeaways. Hey, be aware of false teachers. Right? Be aware of false teachers. Look for yourself. Research. Do your homework. Study the Bible. Have an accountability partner. Right? Because if we start to go, Ooh, We need somebody to pull us back in. We need somebody else to correct our movement. Where we're going. When you openly share the gospel, you must be, you must, you will most likely be met with persecution of some kind. Right? Beware of false prophets. Openly share the gospel. Be ready to share the gospel or evangelize. Because guess what? evangelism always has been, should be going on now, and will be the top priority of the church. Jesus told Peter, feed my sheep. He didn't say it one time to him. He said it three times. Trying to get him to understand. This is how important it is. Feed my sheep. Right? Um, So, is Jesus Lord of your life or just part of your life? Is this Sunday thing just something you do? Or does it continue Monday through Saturday? Who are you doing life with? Right, it goes back to that accountability partner. It goes back to your witnessing. Are you a witness? Who are you doing life with? I I, I would love to think at Cornerstone that we are a close-knit family. That we take care of each other in those trials and we celebrate on those mountaintops. But who are you doing life with? Because you're only here an hour, hour and a half. If you do a Bible study outside, two hours, come to Wednesday once a month, three hours out of a week. Right? That's not enough. That's not enough. Who are you doing life with? So beware of false prophets. Openly share the gospel. Who are you doing life with? As we look at these scriptures, as we try to figure out how to make these tangible to our everyday life, that the talking heads on TV, they want you to believe what they want you to believe. We have to be ready. That's where he's saying all this. Be ready. The wars, they're going to happen. The earthquakes, they're going to happen. The famines, they're going to happen. I mean, just take a... When you walked in this morning, these army worms or whatever worms, they ate the ferns up. Like overnight. I don't understand. Or uh, I like to cut grass. My neighbor said, Hey, be, be ready for the army worms. So I had a little dry spot in my yard. What do you think I was doing yesterday? Looking for the army worms. You know, so we got to be ready. Right? Parents. Parents. Are your kids ready? A couple of ours are on college campuses right now. I texted them this week and said, Hey, did you make it to church? Right? Because we need to do that. Because... They need to be ready. Are you ready? That's where we're at. Um, As we get ready to to close out, I I really want you to think about the chaos in your life. Um, When we're in it, it seems like chaos. Um, But when we think about the bigger picture, Right When we think about Afghanistan, or we think about the people trying to dig out of earthquake in Haiti or Ida that went all the way up, and, and they had massive flooding in, in the Northeast, um, A lot of people lost their lives in the past couple of weeks, And we don't know where they're going to spend eternity. So my question to cornerstone is, are you ready to be a witness? Right? Are you ready to be a witness? Because we don't know when the end is coming. We don't know. But we should be ready. Parents, your kids should be ready. Their GPA, the scholarships they get, the Heisman Trophy they win, all that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. If they win a Tony, an Emmy, it doesn't matter. What matters is are they ready? And that is our call. That is our call. So let's pray. I tell me, Father, Lord, I pray that the mumble jumbled mess that came out of my mouth made sense. Lord, I'm thankful for Mark 13. Lord, I thank you for telling us to be ready, to watch for false prophets, to do our homework, to be a witness, to share the gospel. Lord, I pray as we get into holiday season that's coming up. Lord, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's. Lord, I pray that families would discuss you. Lord, even if it makes some people uncomfortable. Lord, they would talk about you because it's a matter of life and death. The turkey might be great. But heaven is greater. Lord, my heart breaks for our brothers in Christ and sisters in Christ over in Afghanistan as they try to figure out what to do and, and, and how to share the gospel and, Lord, it might be their last day. Lord, we don't have those worries here in the United States. Lord, we live in the greatest country in the world and I'm thankful this is where you allowed me to be born. Lord, for those missionaries all over the world, those Christ followers all over the Lord, Lord, I ask you to put a hedge of protection around them this morning. Lord, that you would comfort them. Lord, like Abba Father, you would hold them in your hands. Lord, you'd keep them away from persecution. Lord, you'd keep them away from being martyred. Lord, that the Bible's crossing into areas where they're not supposed to be. Lord, they would have safe passage. Lord, that we wouldn't listen to the TV about how bad everything is. Lord, that... We would hear the TV and say, "We got to get more excited. We got to get out there and share the gospel." Lord, I pray for Pioneer Community Church out in Utah. Lord, as they're reaching lost souls out there, and and, and for Barry and Jennifer, Lord, that you would just continue to strengthen them and encourage them and let them know that they're doing great work. Lord, as we sing this last long, Lord, I just pray that you would really stir our hearts for us to be witnesses and us to be messengers and Lord, for us to get out there and just love on people where they're at. Lord, help us. Lord, thank you for your word. Lord, I pray I did it justice this morning. Lord, I pray if anyone here doesn't know you as Lord and Savior, today would be the day. Lord, I thank you for saving a wretch like me. Lord, stir our hearts. Lord, I pray that you would be Lord of all of our lives. Lord, we love you. We praise you. We ask us in your son's name. Amen.